All right, we good? All right, let's do it. Welcome to another episode of The Wealth Principles. I am your host for today, Charles Dan. So I want to welcome those tuning in from Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to today's episode. Share this episode with anyone that you may be in contact with as well as also comment, share your thoughts on today's episode. So what is today's episode going to transition into? Before we actually get started, I want to first apologize on behalf of my team and myself. I know that we have been kind of delayed in posting a lot of content. The reason being we've had a lot of personal stuff we've been trying to figure out, myself included. Outside of this, obviously you guys know I work a nine to five job, so kind of just been wrapping up a few things for the new year. A lot of big updates coming up for myself that I'm really excited to share with you guys in later episodes about kind of my personal day to day. I feel like also being interpersonal is really good as well as sharing a lot of the wealth information that we provide on a supposed weekly basis. We're definitely going to get back to that. But again, I want to welcome those that are tuning in from our audio component. We will be having a video episode coming out before we wrap up the new year. We'll probably come out the last Wednesday of this month. To wrap up the year kind of a year and wrap up but that's for again like i said when we actually drop we'll kind of discuss a few things that we have coming out to start off 2023 but let's transition into today's episode so what is today's episode specifically going to highlight this is something that i've kind of had talks with a few people that i'm kind of working with in the business as well as outside in my nine to five job even amongst friends and family that is the interesting enigma that is Elon Musk. How is Elon Musk able to run his multiple companies? He pretty much is the CEO right now of three companies, which I'll highlight in a few minutes. And his executive juggling is a perfect example of how the modern CEO job is broken. Let me explain what I mean by that. Usually when you think of a CEO, you think of someone in a hierarchy of power, someone that is the leader of a specific company outside of maybe the one that you're working in or outside of it, excuse me. Elon Musk is a little different. He manages three different companies that kind of do three different things as the head of those companies. Now, a lot of things that he's expressed, which I want to kind of highlight, is a lot of burnout as a result. That's why right now, if you guys have been following the news, he's actually looking to hire Uh, somebody to kind of replace him as CEO for Tesla currently. And I believe that he may be looking at SpaceX as well, why he kind of focuses on Twitter. But that's for a later conversation in this episode. So the question that first begs, a lot of people have asked this question, what exactly does Elon Musk do all day? Is he just on Twitter tweeting about Trump and his day-to-day? No, (laughs) there's more, it's, it's, it's more complex than that. That may seem like a simple question, like I mentioned, based on you see him always tweeting and, you know, out here doing this, hanging out at this party in L.A., et cetera, et cetera. But believe it or not, Elon Musk actually does work a long, long, tiredous hours. Musk is currently the CEO of three companies. The companies that I reference in more in detail now is SpaceX, his space exploration company, Tesla, his electric autonomous vehicle company, and obviously now Twitter. The social media platform that he just newly uh, acquired and became CEO of, excuse me. He also is involved in numerous other projects, including the Born Company and Neuralink. These are all tied with the different avenues that he's willing to go to as an entrepreneur, both of which he has founded 
and until June, he served on the board of directors for the media company Endeavor, which owns Ultimate Fighting Championship, or many of us know it as UFC. To balance all of these tasks, Musk claims to work about 120 hours a week, and that is his grueling routine. Musk has quoted saying that, Go to sleep, I wake up, work, go to sleep, work, do that seven days a week. But all of this prompts the question, what does he actually do in this 120-hour slot per in, in a week's time? Let me get into that for you guys. It's clear based on multiple reports that Musk is doing something, even if it is mostly tweeting random thoughts, like I mentioned. He does actually uh, is heavily involved in a lot of these companies. And a lot of times, I, I believe personally that he does sometimes get unfair criticism, but he also warrants a lot of the criticism that he also receives. Let, less clear is how much value Musk actually adds to the company he oversees. He, no one can question, though, he is driven to push his employees and management as far as possible to get exceptional results that he's looking to get within these various companies. But like many CEOs, he's accumulated a huge fortune by juggling several companies and directorships at once. But with so many roles and no one to answer to, the problem is Musk, Musk could say he works 24 hours a day. It would be nearly impossible to disprove him. Now, nobody's questioning his work ethic. Obviously, the guy doesn't become a billionaire, multi-billionaire if he doesn't work hard. Now, the question is, what exactly is he doing in those a lot of hours to actually get maximum kind of profit as well as maximum effort from his employees, including himself and management, like I referenced. That's something I kind of want to highlight for today. While Mux may be an extreme case, he's also the perfect example transition of the modern CEO. The modern CEO, to explain audience, is a chaotic blend of unproductive micromanagement and highly paid absenteeism, which basically means being a chief executive is meant to be the highest position in the organization. When you are the CEO, you wear the crown. You are the face. When a company does well, you get the success. When a company fails, you're usually the one that gets all the, the, the failure. You, you take the brunt of that unsuccessful um, thing without the, within the company. That usually leads to firings or demotions based on what level of CEO and the tenure that you have within the company and ownership. Very important. So like I mentioned, the person who is ultimately responsible for everything in the company, and yet the modern executive is someone who deliberately takes on multiple roles, directorships, book deals, even speaking arrangements, so forth. So what does that exactly mean? That means that in this era's modern CEO, you're not only the, the face, you're also the person that has to handle a lot of the operational aspects, which is like how much money you're allocating towards innovation within your company. What tools does your company need? What investing does your company need? You need to innovate with your company. You also need to be the media guy in your company as a CEO, whether you're, you have, whatever company that you're in, you have to promote. That's through social media. That's through, like I mentioned, speaking engagements. That doesn't necessarily mean you need to be on CNN. That just means you can go to your local High school, you can go to your local college, promote your brand business, but you have to have a lot of networking events. Various things of this component has to play a factor in the modern CEO. As an example, as an executive of the boutique tech public relations firm, it is imperative that you are promoting a lot of the brands of, of what you're doing within your company. Your products and services always 
has to hold precedent above all else as a modern day CEO because of the fact that now we're in an era of entrepreneurship. There are so many CEOs out there. There are so many successful businesses out there. There are so many avenues of the businesses out there in today's world. So it's important as the CEO that you're branding and also promoting and hiring the right people around you that can help maximize your business or your product or service within your business to, to the maximum effort or, or, or being, so to speak. That's very important. So... A lot of people may ask the question, what is a CEO then actually supposed to do? Example, why does the CEO of JP Morgan get paid 25 to 30 million a year? What is he actually supposed to do within that role? I'm just using that as an example because that's the current company that I work in. A great CEO is one who is able to stand for the company's values and execute the big picture ideas. So what does that exactly mean? That doesn't mean you're just responsible for the day to day, but where do you see the company in the next year, three years, five years, 10 years? You have to have that vision and you have to have the right people in place, including yourself, to execute those goals to get to the ultimate vision that you have for where you see the company in the next years ahead. But as well, is also someone who actually contrib contributes to the overall growth of the company on a meaningful level. The idea of a CEO first popped up in the early 1900s, and many of the first chief executives were directly involved in the nitty-gritty of their companies. That meant pay bans. That meant employee hours. That meant specific product processes and services. And as the companies got larger, the role of the CEO became a little more macro-oriented. Micro is more individual-based. When somebody uh, says they're micromanaging audience, that basically means that you're specifically looking at every single specific detail. That's very important in early startups and companies. I think in early startups, it's actually good to be a little micromanaged because the thing is you have marginal room for error or you have very small room for error in your early startup phase as a company because of the fact that you're still growing your brand, you're growing your product, your service, so you have to make sure that you're bringing out the best possible scenario for an audience or clients so they don't want to go to the next other company that's a competitor because you need all the clients you can get in the early startup phase. You need all the revenue you can get to reinvest into your company and pay your employees. That's all important. But as the company gets larger, your responsibilities as a CEO is going to grow. So that becomes more a macro level as opposed to you looking at every single specific detail. You hire the right people to manage that, but you oversee them and the overall idea or vision that you that the company is emphasizing out to the world that's very important as well as just being on the macro oriented the bigger strategic and deal making calls rather than the day-to-day -day operations are also a key component as a ceo so what do that mean every company needs investors every company needs somebody pulling their money to grow the company if your, if your company isn't making money, your company won't be successful. The reason being is because you need it for R&D, research and development. You need it to hire new people. You need to get legal protection of your company. If you want to get better services, you want to make sure you have the right legal team to defend your company against people that are trying to get your ideas, your products, your brand. So to speak, perfect example, having the right legal team, let's say with the most recent Yeezy versus Adidas, 
Kanye West never actually um, got the right intellectual patents. So, and he sold a lot of his rights early on to Adidas. So with this rift that him and Adidas have, yes, he kept the name Yeezy, but the, his name, image, and likeness pretty much was sold off to Adidas, which owned the legal patent and design products of the Yeezy shoes. Very important. That's why CEOs are responsible for all of these things. So to kind of give you an idea, audience, like I mentioned, this is kind of what Elon Musk has to do on a day-to-day basis. Now, you can see why a guy like him may be a little bit overwhelmed and may not be having the success as he once did when he was just solely focused on Tesla and maybe SpaceX. But having such a big brand as Twitter now in there, and he has to reshape the company to the image that he has for the company is taking a lot out of him to manage an already successful Tesla or even SpaceX. That's why if you notice those who have been following the market, Tesla has been doing as well. Why? Because the visionary of Elon Musk, say what you want, he did hold a big proponent of the growth of Tesla. And now that his focus isn't solely there, maybe he was there 60% of the time and now he's there only 20 to 30. So of course, it's going to be a big hit to the management as well as revenue growth of that company. That is why it's important that if you are going to be someone that has multiple companies, being a serial entrepreneur, a serial business owner, having multiple ones, it's important that you also are hiring the right people to help manage those. That's that's where sitting on a board is important if you're a publicly traded company or being a silent partner if you are a more or lesser level of a private company. This is why a lot of CEOs that have multiple companies put a lot of leadership people in position outside of themselves where they may focus on one and have maybe somebody else manage the other pieces of their companies so they can kind of not lose in one area while focusing on the other. That's very important audience for those that are listening. A good CEO does have a lot of roles, like I mentioned. They are sales representative, a recruiter, a fun they their fundraiser and moral booster as well, but they all in service of the company's goals rather than their own pay package. That's also very important audience. The best CEOs make good money, but money isn't the driving force to the company's success or why they're successful. The best CEOs are more looking at the overall image of the company, the overall growth of the brand of the company and the services. The best innovators are, are, the, are the best CEOs. Tim Cook may not be the visionary that, uh, what is it, Steve Jobs was, but Tim Cook is a great CEO. Why is that? Because he's always able to hire the right staff, the right management. He knows how to brand the company. Even on Apple's down years, Apple has still seen massive revenue growth. And still to this day, years after the uh, what is it, Steve Jobs had passed, Apple is still one of the most profitable companies in the world, not just America. Because of the fact that they're always looking to rebrand what's next. That's that's what Apple's vision is. What's the next thing? What's the next thing they can do? How can they get bigger? How can they elevate the services, their products even more? How can they get more revenue growth? These are all things that are focused on. And ultimately, in getting getting the company to where it is, as naturally as a CEO, you're going to grow and grow the company and get it to where it needs to be. So, transitioning back to answer the question. What does, a, what does a CEO actually do? Nowadays, corporate CEOs do less of this actual value driving and instead spend most of their day vaguely fluttering between meetings and dashing out for inspirational tweets or Instagram posts. 
<laughs> According to a study, researchers at Harvard tracked some of these top executives during their daily routines in an attempt to break down what does the modern CEO really do today. And while the study grouped each activity into impressive sounding categories like people and relationships and business unit reviews, looking under the hood, there wasn't a whole lot going on. The study and others like it are supposed to glorify an executive class that really has to justify its existence, benefiting operators, people who are doing a lot of stuff without being evaluated for it, and glorifying the idea of busy work over execution. Most, the most obvious example of this is that executives spend 72% of their day in meetings, which with no evaluation of what those meetings are or whom they actually benefit. In fact, according to the research through Harvard, CEOs even acknowledged that most of their meetings could be half the time and that these gatherings were taken up over long chunks of their day, which basically means that a lot of these meetings aren't really necessary and the CEOs feel like we just have these meetings because we just have to have them. It really is actually a waste of our time. In the extreme, some CEOs like Elon Musk have taken on the management of multiple large companies, like I mentioned. The most recent being Jack Dorsey's formerly ran Twitter and Square on the iPad. Before being charged with, with fraud in Japan, Carlos Ghosn ran two massive auto manufacturers, Renault and Nissan. Even Steve Jobs ran Apple and Pixar, people tend to forget, at the same time. If executives have the time to do full-time roles, then either they are failing to contribute enough to the roles they're participating in, or their roles aren't erroneous enough to acquire one's full attention, and yet they receive an outsized, outsized amount of pay based on their perceived market power rather than the true value added. In theory, the company's board of directors is supposed to rein in on the CEO acting as an independent accountability mechanism to make sure that the best interest of the workers, shareholders, and customers are taken to the account. So that last line basically means that the reason why a lot of publicly traded companies and even some private companies tend to have a board or someone overseeing the CEO is so the CEO doesn't become power hungry or power driven. The, the CEO is there to say, serve as a face as well as the overall seer for the growth of the company. And the company is number one before even themselves individually. That's very important. Now, that becomes strange because as many of you have realized over the years, CEOs like Elon Musk have kind of taken, seems like they are their board and the CEO without even them, without him really even being fully on the board. Because of the fact that now shareholders are more concerned with putting money in their pocket naturally. So even if Elon Musk has many flaws, which he does as a CEO naturally, both from the emotional standpoint as well as even physical in terms of how he works as employees. But the fact that many of his companies like Tesla have seen massive growth in such a short amount of time and obviously putting uh, money into a lot of these shareholders' pockets, including his own and even his own employees. So the problem now is becoming a lot of the shareholders or, or overseers of these CEOs are saying, fuck it, you're putting money in my pocket, so I'm just going to look over, overlook a lot of the other BS that you're doing as CEO. Now that becomes a problem because now the fact that you're the CEO is smart enough to understand that I can kind of push the length a little further than I normally would because I know ultimately I'm going to be making a lot more money for a lot of these people that are supposed to be the overseers for me. So again, the question begs audience is, do you believe the modern CEO is again a lot of power more than what they need? And what could we possibly do to kind of 
mitigate that where the CEO doesn't become overpower hungry and do more than what he or she is warranted to do. It's very important to think about. So let's kind of transition. One job for, for, for D, many for me. What does that mean? But there's nowhere that more clearly shows the distorted reality of the modern CEO than the hypocrisy of how they are treated compared to their frontline workers. Like I kind of just highlighted that. Take the gin up over employment controversy. A fake scare campaign around people having two jobs while working remote. The most viral of these complaints come from the CEO of a mid-sized tech company who fired two employees holding down multiple jobs. In a LinkedIn post about the firing, he complained that people taking on two full-time roles was a scourge on businesses. That basically means it was a hampering or, or, it, or issue to businesses. It's the new form of theft and deception, says this CEO, and not something in which an ethical, honest person would participate. While it's unclear exactly how many average people are overemployed, which basically means they work more than one job, Many CEOs constantly juggle businesses, board seats, and other ventures. Now, I believe that sounds a little hypocritical because, again, this CEO, I'm not going to use the CEO's name, though I do know it, is complaining and fired this individual that works for his company because of the fact that this person decided to take on two additional jobs to his already remote job that he works with this company. The issue, though, that I see is like, like what this article states that I just read to you guys is... A lot of the modern CEOs do multiple jobs and do it successfully as someone that's just an employee and not even just an employee, but is a big, big contributor to the growth of the company. And the fact that he just fired it because the fact is this CEO feels like, oh, this person isn't fully invested in my company or because of the fact that he's taken on multiple jobs outside of this one. It's quite hypocritical because as they as I just read, a lot of CEOs manage multiple companies outside of just the current one that they may be uh, overseeing that they get rid of a lot of these employees at. Elon Musk is also one that's notable for doing this, where he complained that why is it that a lot of people are working remotely? But if you actually read a lot of studies, Tesla actually saw the most growth during the pandemic with their remote work as opposed to them working in the office. But again, like I said, this becomes the issue with CEOs. Ultimately, they are at the helm of the company. So it's their decision whether they want to have people fired. They want to have people work, working fully seven days a week in the office at, at 50 to 60 hours plus. This is what Tesla does as opposed to working home. Now, this is very important. The hypocrisy also popped up in part of the quiet quitting meme. Now, what is that? The guilt trip around quiet quitting focused on someone doing the bare minimum to get by, but that accurately actually describes many CEOs. Today's executives are extremely quick to judge and enumerate the work of those below them. That basically means that they're quick to criticize a lot of the work being done by their day-to-day -day employees. But it's fair to say that the actual job expectation and deliverables of the chief executive are are basically uh, specious at best. And when and even when executives do make strategic or product-based decisions, they often dodge significant consequences for their failures. The CEO of an online mortgage platform, Better, 
drove the company into terrible financial situation and had fired around 900 people on a Zoom call. Many people may remember this article that came out on Business Insider or Bloomberg where this guy, basically the CEO of Better, actually fired 900 people via Zoom. Now, the question, like I always say, is is that the right thing to do? Even Mark Zuckerberg did something recently with his little... Uh, memo that he kind of read out to his CEOs that he fired over 11,000 people out of Meta. So these are all things to consider, like I mentioned. How is it that these CEOs are, are now criticizing employees for the same BS that they're doing now? How is it that the CEOs are able to fire people quickly doing Zoom in an unprofessional way, do a memo, but ultimately, they criticize people for trying to find something better when they're trying to leave the current job they're in to do something better or make more money for themselves. These are all questions that you have to ask and you have to consider, especially now being an employee of the modern CEO. Modern CEOs are those working in, in a lot of startups to growth companies like Amazon, um, Apple, um, even the, the ones that have stood the test of time, like JP, like I mentioned, Goldman. A lot of these CEOs are more modernized. So, again, these are questions that you have to ask. What are these things being done to help make the CEO valuable again? No pun intended on Trump. No, <laughs> that's not a pun, audience. So, I, I have a couple ideas and I want to share with you, audience. Specifically within the technology sector, there are many great deal of working technical execs who dedicate themselves to coding or closing significant partnerships. That's very true. And, I, and many people work with them on a on day-to-day basis. I actually spoke to a few people that work in companies like Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and they've expressed this. As the CEO, you must lead by example and ultimately be responsible for the majority of the work. You always have to be seen in the concept of having the company in the hands not as a power, but as a responsibility. And must be aware of all times that if you fail, everyone else does. So that means, like I mentioned, audience, a lot of the modern CEOs now have distorted their, what they think is responsibility for being power hungry or power driven. Remember, the most successful CEOs are responsibility driven. That means that they're looking at the responsibleness, the responsibility of the growth of the company not the individual success of themselves. And when you when you lose sight of that as a CEO, and I've taken responsibility myself, expressing that in my startup company, where I've made a lot of errors in that result, and I had to learn that, is you have to ultimately always think of the best interests of the company, not yourself. You can never put yourself before your employee, before your business, before your brand or the products or services that you're promoting. You always have to have those first before anything else. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be successful. It's very important. The company won't be successful. That's all, all tied in. Transition. The problem comes when companies become too large and the executives in question become too dis disdain from their product or distance, excuse me, I said disdain, distance from their product. Elon Musk doesn't really get Twitter. That's important. We all can tell that. Why do I know that? Because of the way he's going about firing and hiring his staff, the way that he's going about hiring the leadership people. I mean, bringing your mom to a meeting with your executive board is kind of unprofessional in so many ways. Elon Musk's mom doesn't sit on the board of Tesla. She doesn't even work in, uh, uh, sorry, or, or Twitter, excuse me. She doesn't even work in Twitter. So why do you have her there? So you can degrade 
um, what is it, one of the executives because he didn't find your quote-unquote meme post funny? That's the problem with today's CEO. They're trying to modernize themselves to be seen cool, but the problem is that they, it takes away from what they're just ultimately responsible of doing, and that's just managing, being responsible for your for your yourself, your over, even more so the company and the overall growth of your company and its employees. That's all important. This result is an executive who is focused, like I mentioned, on solving non-existent problems to please everyone. Elon Musk currently, and I'm not picking on him, I'm just highlighting him in this component, is he manages Twitter, Tesla, and SpaceX as his main companies and would be better off with a CEO who has a clear vision for their respective products and has active engagement with the creation of these products and willingness to collaborate with frontline employees to achieve these goals. And Musk isn't the only executive who, who would be better served focusing on one task. There are some signs that a return to a more responsible CEO could happen. For one thing, more companies are restricting the number of outside boards that the CEO can serve on or barring them from doing so entirely. But there, there can be other steps too. For, and here are some of the steps I think, audience. You can force the CEO to log how much time they are actually devoting to outside projects. Or they can appoint employees to the board to directly weigh in on executive pay and performance and demand that CEOs prove their value beyond cherry-picked share price metrics. Actually, the funny thing is a lot of tech companies do this with their employees, not the CEO, which means that you, you get paid to perform. So depending on how you if you can hit certain goals or metrics within the company in the designated quarterly or annual uh, aspect, which is every three months or every year, you get paid based on how well you are actually executing a lot of these tasks. Now, a lot of CEOs don't get that same, I guess, challenge as a lot of their employees, but it's, some, it's an idea that I think could be successful to kind of keep the CEO grounded where he or she isn't becoming power hunger, feeling like they're above even their own board. While it's tempting to fall for the alluring stories of a workaholic executive, I love Elon Musk and them telling me I work 120 hours a week, this and that. But who cares? It's not how it's not just how hard how long you work, is how hard and what are you actually doing in that time. That's what's important. Some people can work 10, 11 hour days and not do as much as someone working five to six hours. It's not always just how long you work, audience. It's also what are you doing in that time is what's important. And that's something that I've always stressed and always felt is very key to the growth of the most successful CEOs. Like I mentioned, having the right ability to understand yourself and overall the betterment of your company and sometimes humbling yourself when you're becoming a little bit too much for even your employees or your management to handle is what is kind of the, the key things that CEOs have to understand. CEOs like whoever, whether you're in a startup phase or whether you're in a, a very prosperous company, you have to also be a psychologist. You have to know when to tone it down. You have to know, you have to get in your mind and understand that, hey, what I'm doing right now isn't really helping or conducive to the growth of my company. So what can I do to better myself or better my company overall and my employees overall? That's all important. And that's something that I kind of want to share with your audience. It's very important that we understand that as a people, as a CEO, as CEOs of a lot of entrepreneurship companies that we're starting or entrepreneurial companies or ventures that we're getting into. These are all important. So audience, the question becomes is, 
Do you believe that the modern CEO can go back to weighing responsibility over individual success or individual pocket growth? That's the question I want to ask for your audience. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Again, like I mentioned, this was just a kickoff. I wanted to kind of bring this back for you guys. The next episode is going to be a long, fun, enjoyable episode. We're going to have guests. We're going to do a year-end wrap-up. So I hope you guys can have excitement for that. I'm even thinking about doing it. We're going to do it via live Zoom stream. Uh, We're going to do it, or YouTube stream, excuse me, via Zoom. We're going to do it. More details to follow. But again, like I said, I want to wish those listening today to a very safe, happy, and joyous Christmas as well as holiday season ahead. We have one more episode coming out at the end of this coming month where we will do a year-end wrap-up, which is going to detail three things. What has happened in the past with our company and and, uh, podcast, what's currently happening, and what to look out for in the new year. So again, I I want you guys to tune in. Again, like I said, wherever you are, whether you're on vacation right now, whether you're taking a vacation, whether you're home, you're going to be here for the holidays, check us out. Subscribe, like us. This is the Wealth Principles. We are on Instagram, YouTube, as well as Apple, Spotify. Uh, We have a few sponsors coming out that's going to be working with us as well. So I'm excited to share those with you guys in the new year as we do our year and wrap up. Thank you guys. Stay safe. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk soon.